The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Test, 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 test. Test, testing, test. to the city chambers here. Thank you, Scott, for turning me on. Uh, and uh, for our committee of the whole meeting, uh, we, this is a work meeting for the city commission that uh, occurs on the same night as our business meeting, which starts at seven. So our first item of business here is for a roll call, and uh, that will be handled by our good clerk, Scott Borling. Commissioner Decker. Present. Commissioner Hess. Present. Commissioner Hoffman. Present. Commissioner Juarez. Present. Commissioner Pradle. Present. Vice Mayor Cooney. Present. Mayor Anderson. Here. Thank you so much. City Manager Ritzmer, are there any communications? None, Your Honor. Now is the opportunity for public comments. Just as a reminder, there will be an opportunity for public comments at our regular business meeting as well. Public comments. Uh, for the community of the whole are limited to two minutes. If you're in the chambers and like to make a public comment, uh, please come forward, give us your name, whether you live in the city, and then you can uh, sign in. So we'll make sure we have your name after you have provided those comments. See no one in the chambers. Uh, Deputy City Manager Chamberlain, has anybody called in for public comments? We'll go ahead and check. There are no comments, sir. Thank you, DCM Chamberlain. Well, uh, we are honored tonight. Uh, I will soon be turning it over to the city manager, but we are honored tonight to have uh, some of the best who uh, we, are, we are blessed to have work here with us on the city of Kalamazoo team who will be making a presentation tonight. And so we've just got a, uh, 
I see the chief sent a couple rolls back, but we have our, our uh, fantastic uh, team here ready uh, to talk to us this evening, uh, sitting in the front row, and I'll turn it over to you, uh, Mem Jarisma. Thank you, Mayor, and welcome everyone. It's great to see everyone. My only question is who's watching the city right now, you know, so, but uh, uh, we have a presentation tonight by the Department of Public Safety and uh, first order is uh, Assistant Chief Victor Green. He's going to begin and then I think they're going to hand off to certain individuals. So, Chief. Good evening. Mayor, Vice Mayor, City Manager, City Council, Commissioners, um, welcome. Uh, my name is Victor Graham, the Assistant Chief of the Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety, responsible for the Office of Community Affairs. If I may, for just a moment, um, as you mentioned, uh, what we're going to cover this evening is very extensive, and we're going to talk about how our department, Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety, yes, I believe one of the, if not the best department in the country, how we're engaging in the community and how we're looking at being proactive before we become reactive or even enforcement. So we got some really exciting things that we're going to talk about the different divisions of how we're doing outreach. Um, just a very brief history. Back in 2020, uh, when Chief Coakley became the chief, he wanted to create um, even a more advancement that we're doing out in the community. And for those who are familiar with the 21 21st, Prince, 21st century of policing, it talks about what are the best practices in the country when it comes to 21st century policing. And it covers six pillars within that outreach, but today we're going to specifically talk about how Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety is covering three of them. One is building trust and legitimacy in the community. The second one is how we're using technology and social media, which is new to us as a department. The third one is talking about community police and how do we do crime reduction. So we're really excited. Back in 2020, um, when Chief Kotke became the chief, we immediately did some things. One, that we created the Office of Community Affairs. I became the assistant chief. And we started putting different departments within a city together so we can better communicate with each other. As you can see, here is the team right there and we're putting these different puzzles together. As we talk today, we're gonna to bring up different areas. One is gonna be our emergency manager. She's brand new to the city, brand new to the position. Next, we're gonna talk about our public information officer. After that, we're gonna have our deputy chief Boyson that's gonna give a community outlook on how we're dealing with youth and different violence throughout the city. And then on the other end, when we talk about being proactive, talking about being engaged in the community, we're gonna start bringing in our community policing unit, our community service team, which is very exciting, they're brand new, will be fully activated in the fall. A community collaborator who you work with a lot with Latanya Turner, but she's gonna go into a little bit more detail how we collaborate in the community. And something that's very unique, although it's been around for a long time, pastors on patrol and what role they have. And as we bring all this together, we ask that if we can possibly wait to the end for all questions, we're gonna have our chief come in and bring a close to all the business that we just talked about. So without any further ado, I would like to bring up our public information officer. One more thing I'd like to add real quick. You're gonna hear them say a term that they have, a good portion of our team are civilians. And the unique thing about civilians is which is new to a police department, at least to public safety in these positions. 
Civilians also bring a whole different outlook to policing. And the unique thing about these civilians that we're talking about in these different positions, whether it's emergency manager, public information officer, community collaborator, or our uh, social worker, they all have access to every single depart, every single division within our department, which we allow them to give their input to. So I'd like to introduce our public information officer, Jay. Good evening, Commission. Thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Jay Shatara. I'm the Public Information Officer for the City of Kalamazoo and Department of Public Safety. So a little about my job, it's to give out quick, concise, and accurate information in a timely manner to alert the public because that's ultimately what we're trying to do, right, is keep the public safe. So if there's a critical incident currently happening, we have roads closed and, you know, we have people on scene investigating, we want to make sure that the public stays clear so that they are safe and so that our people can work. Um, I come from a media background and I'm a civilian, I'm not an officer, so at the end of the day I'm working to get that information out to the media through that civilian lens, especially while the police and the command officers can, like I said, diffuse the situation if it were something like a standoff or that they can kind of keep the public safe and investigate that. Um, I also interact with members of the media to help set up interviews within our department and spread our message. If we have a community event coming up like we do with Three on Three this weekend, trying to get our chief on TV and in the papers to talk about those kinds of things and also some of the other things that might be plaguing our community and our city and uh, coming up with new creative ways to release that information. So. I'll talk about that on the next slide. Some of those creative ways, using social media to impact our city, right? So training our command officers like the lieutenants to tweet and Facebook some things that might be happening. We talk about alerting the public. Well, one of the best ways to do that, everyone, or almost everyone has Facebook. So getting that message out so that people can steer clear of some of those areas. Also using uh, social media to spread our community-based messages. So if we have three-on-three three coming up on Saturday, uh, tweeting out the flyer, Facebooking and Instagramming the flyer so that it can reach all audiences, kids, parents, families, so that they can come to some of these free events that we're working on and getting out there. And uh, finally, working with those community partners to get our staff out in the community and interacting with others. And finally, you can follow us on our social media. It's uh, on Facebook, Kalamazoo Public Safety, and at Cal Public Safety on Twitter. Also, Kalamazoo Public Safety on Instagram. Uh, with that being said, I'll introduce our brand new emergency manager, Brandy James. Good evening. Um, as Jay said, my name is Brandy James. I know I was here a couple weeks ago. Um, thank you for the warm welcome that I got then, and it's good to see everyone again. Um, I wanted to start first uh, just by saying this is a brand new position for the city of Kalamazoo. I've been in the position since June 13th, so just over a month. Uh, so we're, we're hitting the ground running and um, just meeting with everyone and trying to build those relationships. So I first wanted to talk about why do we need an emergency manager in Kalamazoo. Um, all disasters start and end locally. So you want to have your preparedness at the most basic level because you never know when that secondary um, help is going to be able to get to you. So you want to be able to start immediately. Also, uh, this position will serve as a coordinator between the city, the county, the state, the feds, um, as well as any of the community-based organizations to, to work together to uh, serve the community and to uh, have 
uh, effective response and uh, recovery from any disaster we might have. Um, and again, we want to just we want to promote and ensure um, effective collaboration among all of those stakeholders. Also, um, the position is, it's very important for the position to support first responders in all realms, um, make sure that they get the proper training, the proper equipment, um, that they exercise any plans they have just to make sure that we are um, fully prepared for anything that, that comes our way and affects our community. So if you see the slide here, it shows that emergency management is a continuous cycle of preparedness, response, recovery, and mitigation. Um, for the most part, hopefully, we stay in the preparedness uh, portion the majority of the time, uh, and that's where you would put together all of your plans, uh, which would be your emergency operation plan, your hazard mitigation plan, any sheltering plans, pet sheltering plans. I've found in my experience that those are very important as well. It's very important to the public. Um, and so you have to train your people. That's also in preparedness, training your people to carry out those plans and to exercise, to cross-exercise with all stakeholders to make sure that everyone's working collectively uh, to get the job done in the most effective way. Um, so if we move on to um, response, response is where we coordinate um, all response activities among first responders um, and just make sure that we are protecting life, property, and uh, continuity of, of government to make sure that we can serve the public. Uh, recovery is, again, just coordinating efforts to return the community to pre-disaster or pre-emergency event um, conditions and hopefully make it better at that point, which is where mitigation comes in. Mitigation is pretty much the definition is to lessen the adverse effects on the community um, from any threat or hazard. And in that, you would do assessments to figure out what the threats and the hazards are, as well as work closely with um, entities such as public works and uh, community organizations, maybe a uh, dam operator, um, to make sure that we're improving infrastructure so that we are mitigating the threat to the public. And um, another part of mitigation is educating the public. So in educating the public, we need to create flyers, pamphlets, um, put out some educational material, possibly even put together some training courses for the public on how they can better prepare themselves. As I previously stated, you want to be prepared at the most basic level, and there's nothing more basic than an individual being prepared or the household being prepared. Um, so the way to get these out to the community is through community events, um, be able to hand those out to the attendees, as well as put it in um, areas frequented by the public, whether it's libraries, schools. Um, you can even put it in grocery stores. I've done that before, put stuff on bulletin boards that people might look at. And, um, you know, just get that stuff out to the, to the public. We could even do podcasts or... Um, or interviews in order to get this out to try to educate the public. Um, if you see here, we have a go bag. These are very important. Um, it is very important for everyone in the household to have a go bag. Um, as most parents can um, attest, that's pretty much what a 
what a diaper bag is, you know, um, you're preparing for every possible scenario with your baby. So that's kind of what you want for every individual in your home. Um, and even down to pets, you want to have a go bag for your pets just to, to be prepared. If you have to leave immediately, you don't know where you're going. You could go to uh, family, you could go to friends, you could end up in a shelter or in a hotel somewhere nowhere near your home. Uh, so it's very important to always have a go bag. And there are so many items you can put in there, but for the most part, it's, it's individualized. So there are some basic things like flashlights and, and clothing and water, but um, everything is individualized after that, I would say. Um, also, if you see the emergency binder up there, it's very important for a household to have these. Um, in those, you want to put your most important documents. Um, if you own your home and you have insurance, you want pictures in there in case you know, there's a flood and things get destroyed, you're prepared for that immediately afterwards. Also, you want birth certificates, um, social security cards, anything that you don't want to lose in a disaster. If we have a tornado and it tears your house up, um, we have a flood and everything gets ruined, you want to have everything that you might need in that binder and have it in one of your go bags um, or have a separate go bag just for those important documents. Um, what all this adds up to is that we need to always prepare for the worst but hope for the best and uh, hopefully we can get that out to the public and to all the agencies that serve the public. Thank you. Um, and in that I want to introduce Deputy Chief Dave Boyson who will discuss Community Outlook. Thank you. Uh, good evening, Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, and City Leadership. I want to give a, a brief update on um, violence in our community, particularly gun violence. Um, that is a topic that's on a lot of our minds, and we continue to work hard, the men and women at public safety, with the community every day to address um, those concerns. And I just kind of want to let you know where we are this year uh, compared to the previous year. Um, so far, uh, this year in 2022, we've had three homicides. In comparison, at this time last year, we had seven. So homicides are trending down. Um, Non-fatal shootings are down slightly. Uh, last year at this time we had 37. Uh, this year we've had 34. Uh, so those are, are down slightly. The um, problems we're seeing or the disturbing part of the trend is really our youth-involved violent crimes, youth-involved gun crimes. That's something uh, that has really spiked since uh, the pandemic and increased since 2021. Uh, so if you look at these numbers on the slide here, um, so far in 2022, and we're just as of uh, today, uh, we've had 45 offenses where juveniles were using a gun as a weapon. Um, and if you look at that pre-pandemic levels, that would be what we would see for the entire year, actually a little higher than what we would see in, in most years. Um, and we're only into July. And we're well on our way of surpassing what we saw uh, last year, which was 56, which was, a, was a, a record number for us. So this concern, it's not unique to Kalamazoo, we're seeing this around the country, where our youthful, uh, youthful gun offenders are um, increasing um, every, uh, every week, it seems we're getting more and more incidents. So as what we're doing is we're working hard um, to address this, and I just wanted to let you know these are not random. Uh, these, uh, most of these youth that are involved in this are group involved. They associate with groups or gangs, um, and we know who they are. We know who makes up these groups. Um, we know who they're beefing with. Um, and we, um, again, know who makes up these and who uh, the more violent people are in these groups. And so we're working hard uh, to continue our, continue our focused approach of addressing through direct engagement with those who are most at risk of not only becoming 
the suspects in gun violence, but they're the same, that are, they're also our victims as well. So we're working hard with our law enforcement partners in our community. Uh, later in the presentation today, you're gonna hear about our outreach efforts. I'm gonna focus um, kind of more on the enforcement and on, on this part of it. Um, again, we're talking about the enforcement. We know who these individuals are. We're directly engaging with those youth uh, who are involved in this. This is statistics of total gun seizures uh, so far this year. Um, public safety is removed 279 uh, illegal weapons from the street. These are people who should not uh, be carrying guns. They're not legally allowed to carry guns. Uh, and if you look at that, uh, where we are this year and going back to 2017, those are total year numbers. So we're already about what we used to seize for an entire year. And again, um, last year was a record with 504 and we're already up to 279. So it kind of follows that as we have more youth engaging in gun violence, more youth carrying guns, we're gonna have more youth who become victims of gun violence. Um, so you can see here our median age of our um, gun uh, victims is 24, but if you really look at that data, uh, we're seeing it kind of trend um, downward where we've had an 18-year-old victim, a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, um, uh, I'm sorry, a 16-year-old, two 15-year-olds, and a 14-year-old. So again, these, these shooting victims and suspects are getting younger and younger. And we really need to come together as a county to work with our um, law enforcement partners at the juvenile home, juvenile probation, the courts, prosecutor's office, we're all working together um, to try to address this because it is a disturbing trend and again, it is impacting the quality of life in our neighborhood and we are um, working very hard in our neighborhoods and we're working hard to uh, address that. So with that, um, that's a brief update. I'm going to turn it over to Captain Giles uh, to talk about community policing and some other matters. Thank you. Thank you, Deputy Chief. Good evening, Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, City Manager Ritzma. Thank you for allowing us to be here tonight. As Deputy Chief mentioned, I'm Danielle Giles and I'm the Captain of the Office of Community Affairs. Tonight we're gonna to talk about several units that fall within our division. You're gonna hear the word community a lot tonight. Community to us means joint ownership, working towards a common goal. Our division focuses on initiatives that support the goals of Imagine Kalamazoo 2025, such as youth development, creating a safe community, and demonstrating good governance. Together, we strive to create a safe environment for living, working, and playing within the city of Kalamazoo. Our division comprised of the community policing unit, community service team, community collaborator, and pastors on patrol work together daily to build trust within our community. Each unit serves a different role in, in providing holistic services to our community, and we're gonna talk about each of those tonight. First, I'm gonna turn it over to Sergeant Andrew Workama, who will talk more about the community policing unit. Good evening, Commission. Thank you for having me. Um, like the Captain said, I'm the Sergeant of the Community Policing Unit. Uh, we're comprised of eight officers, one of which is from Western Michigan University, and we serve throughout all the neighborhoods in the community. Our three divisional priorities are collaboration, education, and outreach. So first uh, on collaboration, we wanna collaborate with internal and external resources to find non-traditional policing methods to resolve problems within the community. So that may be somebody needs food, so we reach out to loaves and fishes, or somebody needs shelter, or somebody needs anything that we can think of that the police respond to kinda gets referred back to us. So we try to solve the problem in a more of a long-term uh, solution than patrol usually can. Um, in an education aspect, um, 
we want everyone to know what we do as far as, as public safety. We want to do fire safety presentations. We want to do active shooter trainings, which we're doing probably two a week at this point in time. If you know any businesses or faith-based organizations that are interested in it, we will come out and teach you how to respond to an active shooter situation. And then finally, outreach. Uh, focus, we focus on creating and promoting and then sustaining engagement opportunities with the community. So how can we get our officers or ourselves out in front of the community so they can ask those questions? Um, the chief talked about youth violence. Uh, one of the things that we're doing is the Police Act, Act Activity League. Uh, we want people to come out and engage with us and have those positive interactions with officers. Uh, we attend community events, the neighborhood meetings, and then finally we have a Citizens Academy that's in September and September 25th and October 1st. That's just a highlight of what we do in the community policing unit. Next up is Sergeant Alwan. Hello, my name is uh, Sergeant Alwyn with uh, Kalamazoo Public Safety, Emil Alwyn. During the course of my years here, uh, I've served as a field training officer, peer support, uh, critical incident stress management, hostage negotiator, uh, and now the sergeant of the community service team. Uh, this community service team is newly formed as of June 13th and is uh, comprised of Mary Miller, who will be joining us in the fall, and Kelsey Harness, our service uh, ser social service coordinator. Over the years, uh, I've seen a need for this team to uh, be part of the city of Kalamazoo, uh, and I'm excited to have it up and running and serving our community. Our goals of the uh, CST team is to reduce arrests among the houseless population reduce repetitive calls for service, enhance community relations, and develop a community-oriented policing approach to the houseless popu uh, population. We strive to build relationships with the houseless population, problem solve with them on an individual basis, uh, gather valuable information on crimes and health issues, and in turn, uh, we will be able to provide consistent follow-up, reduce the burden of, uh, on the criminal justice system, and reduce houselessness as well as uh, provide a network for those who are houseless uh, and or experiencing mental health issues. We're hoping to have this working with our community partners such as ISK Urban Alliance, the community shelters, uh, and other service partners uh, within the fields to create a centralized hub uh, for services among those who are in need. Next will be Kelsey Harness, our social service coordinator. Hi, my name is Kelsey Harness and I'm the social services coordinator and victim advocate um, at KDPS. Um, as Sergeant Alwan just stated, um, we're actively building partnerships with community service agencies and these partnerships are vital to our work. Uh, by partnering with these service agencies in Kalamazoo, we strive to take a holistic approach and support the continuity of care um, among the individuals and families that we serve. In addition to serving the houseless population, our team prioritizes outreach to other vulnerable populations such as children, the elderly, individuals experiencing mental illness, addiction, survivors of domestic violence, 
those in affected by trauma and others. We aim to break down um, access barriers, um, which may have prevented individuals from obtaining services in the past, or may have caused a discontinuation of services. Um, we also like to provide as much information as we can about additional services that individuals and families um, may not have heard of before. Uh, one way we do this is through frequent service caller follow-ups. Um, if KDPS is frequently called to the same location, then there's likely an ongoing need that's not being met. Therefore, the CST team will follow up at the location or residence and will take a strength-based approach um, in working with that individual or family. Um, we listen to um, their ongoing situation and concerns, um, assess needs, and then work with them uh, to identify and link them to the most appropriate services. And if they've had a negative experience with any particular social service agency in the past, we work with them to problem solve and provide alternative options whenever we can. We also follow up on direct referrals made from KDPS officers when they go out and identify um, an individual or family that may be in need of additional support. So again, we're very excited to have this team up and running, um, and we look forward to continuing to build our community partnerships as we move forward. Um, so I'd like to introduce LaTanya Turner, who is our um, community collaborator. Good evening, commissioners, and good evening, everyone. It's so wonderful to be with you this evening. Um, as Ms. Kelsey stated, my name is Latanya Turner. I'm the community collaborator here with Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety. And as she stated, so building those partnerships with the community is so vital to this role as community collaborator. Being a civilian, I see from a civilian's lens. And so with that being said, um, with those community events that we have the opportunity, and I've had such a pleasure being able to interact with all of you, um, being present at those events, right? They're fun, they're active, they're interactive, and you get a chance to really engage with the community in that way. And that's how you build relationships. That's how those conversations are had. And so with that being said, we had an opportunity to have a bike rodeo. And that basically builds on with um, the Imagine Kalamazoo 2025, making this a community that's safe for biking, safe for any transportation and you can be safe with the bike rodeo those children they learned different safety tips and they interact and have positive interactions with our officers um, as well as the summer kickoff carnival. Now I hope you all were present for that because that was so much fun. We had the carnival rides and we had community coming out and just being able to celebrate with the Kalamazoo public school students. That was amazing. And just to see those children enjoy themselves and have fun. But not only that, be able to have communication with our officers, one contact at a time. So then we have um, different trainings where fire safety um, is presented to like um, El Concilio and different organizations throughout 
Kalamazoo. And then also being able to build those relationships with our local um, education, um, higher education um, agencies. We enjoy the football teams and being able to collaborate in that way. So building that relationship and being able to push forward to our Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety, Police, Athletic, and Activities League. Uh, the second annual three-on-three -three basketball tournament is coming up this Saturday. So with that being said, those partnerships that we were able to, you know, create in those collaborations have been just vital to even growing the community and being able to have those conversations. And so with that being said, um, the uh, event, you, if you have not registered online, um, I, I'm going to put a shameless plug, okay? So if you haven't registered online, we really encourage you to do so. But there will be on-site registration available starting at 8 a.m., okay? Come out and be able to have fun with us. And I'm so glad to be able to serve in this capacity as the community collaborator. Thank you so much. And I will pass along to Pastor Jennings on Pastors on Patrol. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I like to have smiles. I like the smiles because uh, we are here. Uh, I'm Pastor Gregory Jennings. I am the coordinator on Pastors on Patrol for the Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety. When I'm finished with this uh, uh, speech tonight, hopefully you will have a brief understanding of number one, what is Pastors on Patrol? Number two, who we are. Number three, what we do. Number four, how we are engaged in the community. Number five, how pastors on patrol work. Number six, how we help. And number seven, how you become a member of our pastors on patrol. Who we are. Pastors on patrol is a group of interdenominational pastors committed to helping bridge the gap between KDPS officers and our community. We are volunteers, and we serve at the discretion of our chief of police of the Department of Public Safety. We started with our chief in 2015. We currently have nine pastors who participate in our Pastors on Patrol, and that includes our chaplain. As Pastors on Patrol, we are always to conduct ourselves with high ethical, moral, and professionalism at home and in our community. What we do, we assist the department and community as needed. We go through training to familiarize ourselves with the law enforcement policies and some procedures of the law. Number four, how we are engaged in the community. Pops as Pops, we show up at community events, with the events that KDPS have and also other organizations in our community. We try to show up and to help bring light to pastors on patrol. How it works? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. 
pastors do regular ride-along with KDBS officers. We typically serve a minimum of eight hours per month. And a lot of times we do even more than that time. Our team of officers and pastors team up weekly to bring integrity, accountability, and compassion to the residents and the visitors of our great community. How we help? We assist KDPS in notifying family members of the involved parties after notifying the family. We also respond to hospital or home of the involved party to check on their condition. We attend and participate in funerals and active uh, a retired KPS staff. We also assist in helping KDPS with domestic violence, mental health crisis, crowd control, alcohol, drug abuse, and also active shootings. How can you join Pastors on Patrol? Well, I'm glad you want to join this great team. We complete, we complete a written application including recommendations from the, our employees like our bishops or our superiors in our churches. We interview with our chief of KDPS or his designee. We, compete, we complete a background check. We sign a waiver and a confidentiality form. And we also attend the Citizens Academy. I would like to say it is certainly a great pleasure to serve our community alongside our KDPS officers. And uh, being a part of this community and serving in which we all love. In my closing, I'd like to uh, hit you with this word or, or let you end with this word called Eureka. And I'm not talking about the vacuum cleaner Eureka. I'm talking about Eureka means this is a cry of joy or satisfaction when someone finds or discovers something. With pop, I have found my Eureka that has also been blessed to help create and to continue to fulfill my life in this great city of Kalamazoo. And with that being said, I would like to introduce our Chief of Police, the Honorable Chief Vernon Coakley. Leadership, Mayor, <laughs> Vice Mayor, Commissioners, Attorney Robinson, Clerk Borley, this is your team. Community, this is your team. This is the bench that I come to work with every single day. I'm so proud. Thank you, leadership, for the opportunity, for the capacity to hire bright minds that are behind me sitting. We have mixed, as someone said earlier, we're not all sworn. We all can't think the same way of how to fix our, our community, how to interact and collaborate with our community. It takes a diverse table to do such a thing. And the diverse team that I have behind me, and then in the gallery behind them, I am so proud. 
I am very proud and thankful to have the opportunity to lead the city to keep it safe. We talked about intervention. We talked about prevention, being proactive, reactive, being prepared to respond, collaborate, to educate, and to outreach to our community. It's not always about the ugly things that happen in this community. It's not always about that. Let's talk about planting flowers. Let's talk about planting trees. Let's talk about making this community the greatest community on earth. That's what this is about. That's what this team of yours is about. Let's do that. Let's take pastors on patrol. Let's take CST. Let's take our community policing officers. Let's take the youth and lead them in tomorrow to make a greater Kalamazoo. We can do this together. We're going to do it together. Because I've learned in this profession, trying to do it alone, you fail. So I know these bright minds in front of me, we can do this together. I know 245 men and women at Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety are ready to do that. They come to work every single day. Thank you, Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety. Thank you, leadership. Thank you, community. We are here to respond to any questions that you may have. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Chief. I really appreciate uh, you bringing uh, this presentation to the City Commission this evening, all the work that went into preparing this. Uh, now is an opportunity for uh, questions from the Commission. Anything else, Manager Weston, before we start on that? No, no, okay. Questions, Commissioners? Commissioner Hess, oh, I'm sorry. I'll go first. Thank you for being here. I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, first of all, um, Pastors on Patrol, thank you, Pastor Jennings. Is, is there anything like this elsewhere, or does this come out of our need here in the, in the community, and is this how we responded to the need for a spiritual presence uh, it, uh, with, our, with our policing? Uh, is this unique, or is this following a model elsewhere in the country? Let me answer that. <laughs> no, I want to hear him preach again. <laughs> you want to hear from him? No, please. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's kidding. Leadership, back in 2015, as violence began to go in our community, I wasn't in this position, obviously, and I was climbing the ranks of, uh, of command. I believe I was an executive lieutenant in the operations division. And I began to look at my faith and how can I bring my faith to my profession. And so I Googled pastors. How can pastor, how can the church get involved in this profession? No longer, again, we can't do this alone. How can we get the church involved in this? The long story short of this, 
is when I Googled that, I came up with some things across the drink in England and how they did it. I wasn't too keen on how they did it, so I kind of reached out to some pastors. This particular man, this pastor, and I sat down and we formed Pastors on Patrol together. We began to talk about how we can intercede in our, our community. And so putting a pastor with an officer in their office, that cruiser, they sit in for 12 hours. That's their office. How you like someone to sit next to you that you don't really know for 12 hours. But my intention was, the intent was to have pastors be able to intercede in our community. Because at times when law enforcement in that blue uniform can be contentious when we step out. No one wants to see a police officer sometime because of whatever that perception may be. But having a pastor in our community as that buffer was an opportunity to bring our, my faith, Pastor Jennings' faith, into this. And so Commissioner Juarez has also been involved in that, coming out and talking with our community as a pastor and now even as a commissioner, and all of you have done that as well. But to make that long story short, that's how we came up with Pastors on Patrol. So thank you for that question. So, so yet another reason why Kalamazoo is leading the charge with social change and growth. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, just one more. Uh, so the, the Citizens Academy was mentioned a few times here. I wonder if you might give us some more details about that and where people might look that up and how they could register. I'll pass the mic to Assistant Chief Green. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so it's a regional Citizens Police Academy, which we have partnered with other departments throughout Kalamazoo County. So we're really excited about that. Um, this year, this is our second year, um, it's going to be September 24th and October the 1st, um, starting, um, I think it's 9 to 5 or 8 to 5 in the morning. Um, there's a limited amount of space, so we welcome to anyone attend, but it really gives you an idea of what it's like to be a police officer. And don't tell anyone, but you have the opportunity to even perform a traffic stop so you get to become the police. What's really more exciting, the officers are more excited, they get to be pulled over. Um, yes. So we really educate everyone. And then we also have a panel. We, we talk about honest dialogue. We talk about courageous conversations. How do we bridge the gap with the police and the community? We have a panel that takes place with officers and, and, and youth and everyone else to talk about bridging the gap. Sergeant, you want to add anything? I'll correct the assistant chief, unfortunately. Uh, September 25th, October 1st. Um, September 25th, October <laughs> it, it gives you an opportunity to see, to see what an officer goes through on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, we do some sort of active uh, response so you'll watch a, a video basically and have to react to it. it's called milo um, it gives you kind of a, a seat in our in our cruiser and how we react to the world um, isk i believe is going to be coming this year so we can continue to have those courageous conversations with them there um, what else do we do uh, there'll be a fire scenario as well 
So it's just a good opportunity to come out, first of all, to see what we do, but also to engage with us on that personal level. It's a long two days. You're going to get a lot out of it. Um, I would hope some commissioners will come that haven't been yet. Please come. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, thank you. And how would one register for that? Sorry, I was looking for it on here. If you just call the non-emergency phone number and ask to talk to Sergeant Workama, they'll provide you with that information. Just 488-8911 and just ask for, ask for Sergeant Workama and I will get directed to your phone call. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Commissioner Hoffman. Thank you, Mayor. First, let me say to your team, Chief, this is like that Sunday afternoon after church, that good good picture of Kool-Aid, you know, the one with the grape, the red, and yes, lime. Yes, yes. Y'all brought the big thing today, so I appreciate you all for. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, a couple of questions that I have. Um, Chief Boyson mentioned um, that gun violence in our community, especially amongst youth, that's becoming an even greater issue. My question is, where do you all believe the the guns and and those things? Where, where is that coming from? How is it getting into our community? There's a plethora of ways these guns are getting into our community. They're illegally stolen, okay? They're buying them. And they are literally um, being overrunning our community with, with a lot of these guns in that manner. I pause as, as I'm speaking because my heart is broken with that in that we're using these guns as teenagers at a very young age. And one of the, the big ways of these guns are getting into it, they're already in the community, but they're hitting places where guns are placed. And we have to speak and be intentional about our community not to leave weapons in their vehicles. A lot of them are being stolen out of cars. But with that, I'll pass it over to Deputy Chief, because that's his area that he is very good at. So, Yeah, thank you. And Chief really touched on the main points I was also going to bring up. Not only are we seeing more youth carrying guns, but the type of guns and firepower they're carrying is very disturbing. You're talking um, rifles, uh, rifle pistols, high-capacity magazines, drum magazines, things that you would never think would be in the hands of a 14-, 15-year-old kid. And as Chief said, and that's, I, I agree totally, that's our community ask, is many of these guns are stolen they're purchased legally, uh, and they're in the possession of a legal gun owner, but they are not secured. So as what we've seen in the last two years is really an increase in motor vehicle thefts, and as what we're finding is the, the youth are looking at cars, unlocked cars, and they're looking for weapons. And if the car, the keys are in there, the key fob's in there, they're going to steal the car as a bonus, but they're really looking for guns. So we really ask if you, if you have a legally owned gun, please secure it. If, if it's not in your possession, have it locked up, because, again, these youth are... Um, actively the ones that are getting guns and a lot of the guns that end up in hands that shouldn't be come from the youth who have stolen them. So uh, again, we ask that please lock your guns up. Thank you. Thank you for that. Chief Voice, and I may want to make a one-on-one -on -one with you to have a further discussion. Okay. Okay. Um, my second question is, we, we hear, we do, we always talk a lot about community and community collaboration, community partnership, and we all, we know the majority of people have a heart to do something different. What would you identify as one of the main barriers to that communication and collaboration piece? 
Thank you for that question, Commissioner Hoffman. I, one of the things I, I really think that the glue, uh, that eureka moment that Pastor Jennings talked about for this community is for us as a community to join together and take the strategy together to make our community better. What does that mean? Because we all we can get into a room, we all may not agree on one thing, but what we all can agree on is that we want a better Kalamazoo. We want a safer Kalamazoo. And how do we do that? It's gonna take leadership to put us in a room to talk about those things and be intentional about those things. And there can't be a lot of people in that room. There has to be a select few. And those, whoever that diverse table is, in order to, to take the strategy to make Kalamazoo better. I often stop as I'm walking out of buildings, especially in the summer, to listen. And listen how great Kalamazoo is. And I, I, my ask is for you to do the same. And how do we keep that, how do we sustain that versus the gun violence, versus the bickering, versus not being siloed? We have to do that together. As a community, as a county, we have to do this. No, no one has the answer to your question, Commissioner Hoffman, but I can surely take steps toward making something happen. So thank you for that. Thank you for your answer. I promise I only got two more. Uh, and it, it was a question of reference to the when, the, when a PSO makes a referral to a family that is in crisis. What is the turnaround time for when the wraparound comes back to, uh, to connect with that family? Okay, well, I'm being told within a week that that wraparound, depending on the resource that, that is needed, um, certainly, the, the PSO, who encounters the situation, um, writes that information up and passes it along. We certainly hope uh, that we're not uh, waiting very long for services to come back to a citizen or a community a member. Uh, one of the things that uh, I've started uh, a while back uh, in a different capacity was the uh, food pantry, okay? And we have that at Public Safety, uh, working with community uh, resources within our community to do such that we don't want folks that we come across and families to not be fed. And if, that's, if we can mitigate that situation right, right away, we certainly can. We don't want to wait for a resource. So to your question, to your point, I would say a week. And then my last question, because females are very inquisitive, Pastor Jenny, how many females are a part of Pastors on Patrol? She has your <laughs> Currently, we are recruiting a diverse pool of pastors, Commissioner Hoffman. I know. To your question, zero. I just put it out in the universe. Thank you. So we're good to go. Thank you so much. Thank you so Hoffman. much. Thank you. Other questions uh, for the chief or his team, commission or vice mayor? Sure, um, first of all, thank you. It's so impressive 
and it makes me so proud to be part of a community uh, a public safety department that you run that, that is doing so much and doesn't see public safety as just locking people up. We know that social services reduce crime and the lack of social services increase crime. And that's the way you see it and that's the way you're working at it. So uh, the one question I have is um, sort of what's working? Um, Chief Boyson, Deputy Chief Boyson is saying we know who the people are. And I know that we're offering them alternatives, right? Yes, sir. And I'm wondering if some of the things that we put in place this summer are drawing some, some of the people in that would have been involved in crime. Let me, let, let me start by saying this. I used to say that we're intentional about who we're looking for, that those who cause the chaos in our community. But now I say we're spearfishing. Okay? That's what we're doing. Because what we used to do was cast a wide net. And we caught you up in that wide net, the community. And spearfishing, you're intentional about a particular fish. And we get, through our intelligence, our intel, our outreach, we find out what pool we need to spearfish in. Now, the men and women behind me, I believe, along with this community, all of public safety, the city of Kalamazoo, has had a hand in bringing down that word of violence. Our numbers are down. We have a strategy. Our strategy has worked for 12 years. And our outreach not just the men and women behind me in public safety, but all our partners. All our partners have a hand in that. The community has a hand in that. And doing that work, it's not easy. It's not easy. Men and women are up all hours of the night. My team is awakened all hours of the night. We're, we're, we're okay with that too. We have accepted that. I'm not looking for sympathy in that, but it's work and it's hard work. And to do that, that's how the numbers have come down. And we're proud of that. And the strategy, the capacity that you've given me, the opportunity to continue to grow public safety, is continue to making sure that it's just not about numbers. We're here to help and change the agenda together with our community. Did you want to add anything, sir? Get on over here. Talking about youth violence. So um, our Bridging Opportunities, this is our seventh year doing that. We have a partnership with the Boys and Girls Club. And we are identifying those, risk, uh, those youth who are most at risk uh, that are on probation and giving them programming at the Boys and Girls Club where they are actually working with the youth and the staff, their uh, youth development uh, staff at the Boys and Girls Club so they get a sense of um, belonging and a part of something positive and uh, we've had great success they're a great partner in that and that's just part of that outreach balance with the enforcement strategy that they're doing uh, the men and women are doing uh, at public safety every day so again um, you know and just with the youth and I want to touch on this too is 
we talk about guns and I, this is just another ask for the community too is uh, if you are the parent of a child that you believe is involved in gun violence or participating or hanging around people that are involved in this please get involved talk to your youth be an active parent search their rooms get those guns out of the hands of their, the, these kids because if they have these guns they're more likely to use them and they're more likely to become a victim of gun crimes themselves so please that's what we ask is that we have to do this in partnership as chief said earlier we can't do it alone we have to have the community working with us to address these these major concerns so thank you any other questions vice mayor thank you thank you commissioner pradel hey chief thanks for your time and uh, everyone here as well thanks for your service and just want to give a shout out i believe uh um deputy chief boys and it was honored by boys and girls club recently yes. uh, for his work yeah and then uh um captain gills uh you were just recently honored by uh the attorney general which is a pretty yes. high honor in itself so thanks for bringing uh positivity to our community in that regard uh just had a question for you uh in terms of the cpu the community policing uh unit there, there are eight individuals i think yes. you mentioned uh, Sergeant Workama, uh, and you know, one of the things I've heard a number of times, uh, both uh, Sergeant Workama, but other individuals describe is like, this is a group of people who love to be like community problem solvers. And I, I've seen that at work with um, uh, just throughout neighborhoods with people, you know, trying to help out residents solve problems. How, how is that designed, how those eight individuals are spread out throughout the community and, and how they do that work? Um, I'm just curious if you could share a little bit more about that. I guess for clarification, you asked how is it designed? How are the the, um, the eight community policing officers? How are they spread throughout the community? How is that designed? You know, to uh, how the, how uh, you know how many neighborhoods each person is given, or you know how many officers go to a particular neighborhood or focus? All right, thank you. Uh, so they're broken up into the core neighborhoods for the most part. Um, for instance, right now, Officer Span is uh, is is in Edison and Millwood for the time being. Um, we were waiting for the fall to move some pieces around to make sure the team's full. Um, but uh, so the Western officers currently, he deals with campus issues, but he also is helping with Arcadia and Norwood. And then I have an officer that's assigned to Vine and yeah, Vine for the most part. Um, I had two officers on the north side and one on the east side. Um, so we kind of, granted, we might not be in all of the neighborhoods, but we'll respond to issues in any of the neighborhoods. Um, so that's kind of how it works. And then you asked about how we resolve the problems. Is that? Sorry. I, I just heard the uh, saying that, you know, it consider yourself like professional problem solvers. Yeah, well, and we, and we try to be. Mm -hmm. We can't fix every problem, but we can't fix the problem because we're really fine the person we can. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the key for us is that uh, as opposed to patrol officer, we have more of the long-term stay, so we can focus on a problem for a longer period of time than the patrol officer that's just simply there to resolve the issue at that point in time. Um, so we have the opportunity to see things through more than the regular patrol officers would. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that relationship component also as well is great. Thank you. Appreciate that uh, explanation as well. Um, I also had a question. Um, I know one area that's been a major area of focus uh, with AC Green um, is uh, DEI work, diversity, equity, inclusion work, and in, in, uh, just with the entire city in general, but I know with public safety as well. And I was curious just to kind of give a quick precursory, you know, what, what are we working on, focusing on right now, and, and what do you envision focusing on in, in the uh, uh, immediate future, if you will? Thank you, Commissioner Prado. Uh, DNI work is very unique, especially when we talk about it in police work. Um, back in 2020, when I started on as assistant chief, 
chief wanted to make sure we have a focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now as the acting chief diversity officer for the city, we're really excited that one is that what can we do internally with the city as far as doing outreach and diversity, equity, and inclusion? How do we do supply diversity? How do we recruit and retain? And more importantly, when we talk about diversity, the most challenging part that we have that we're looking at, and most DEI officers will say this across the country, is that how do we create a sense of inclusion? How do we create a sense that a sense of belonging, not only in the community but all the different departments? So we're looking at best practices. Uh, I've only been in this position about a month and a half, so we're really excited. We did a complete assessment last year, and now we're moving forward. Um, we we're presenting to the city manager, which I'm sure we'll be presenting to the city commissioners, um, a strategic plan for not only for 2022, but beyond 2022, 23, 24. But DNI initiative is, is uh, it's a top priority, not only for the department, but for the city. Yeah, thank you for wearing those multiple hats as well. Um, Chief, I, I had a question for you as well. Um, I know Julie Mack was recently did a series of articles through um, MLive in a collaboration about mental health and talked about uh, a countywide ten uh, a jurisdictional collaboration on mental health. And uh, this, I think it was like a five hundred million dollar grant or five hundred thousand dollar grant. I'm sorry, uh, that's based on this like Memphis model, and uh, just talks a little bit about. Uh, the goals of working uh, collaboratively, collaboratively between all the different uh, policing jurisdictions throughout the county to uh, support mental health and mental health responses. It, an article talked about said 20 to 30 percent of calls typically have some sort of mental health related element to it. And then it went even as far as to say, you know, 60 percent of people who are incarcerated in our county jail are, you know, are, uh, the um, county sheriff was saying they estimated were suffering from some sort of mental health issue. So I was just curious if you could talk a little bit about that and um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we do have a collaboration uh, within our county uh, with and uh, that we work together in reference to uh, responding to mental illness. Um, with our social, our CSD team, our, our, our community service team, uh, is a alternate way of serving the community, uh, not always in a law enforcement capacity. So uh, I believe it was Kelsey that talked a little bit about servicing a particular area quite frequently. And we have many of those who are, are in crisis in these areas. So we have come up with an alternative service uh, strategy to do just that. And using our social service coordinator, Kelsey Harness, to be able to service and find the resources within Kalamazoo that we need in our community for those who are, are, are in crisis in order to find the resources quickly for them. As you saw Sergeant uh, Alwan here, he's, he's able to also walk with her um, in order to, to make these services in order to keep the community, uh, those in need, safe and those around them. So the alternate service which we have is just that. Are we working together collaboratively as a, as a, a community or as a county? Yes. Uh, it's not all together yet. We're working on that as we continue to, uh, to get together. I'd like to also jump back on your uh, CPO question too. 
Yes, we have eight community policing officers, but we have 245 community policing officers. We're allocated to 268. I've asked all seven of you to give us someone in your family to join these ranks. I, mm, mm. <laughs> I, I, that has been my ask to find a servant leader in your families to join our ranks. We're all community policing officers. Yes, the community policing officers drill down to the micro to problem solve within the community that the, the, uh, the zone officer does not have time to work on. So if you have a situation that we need to mitigate, please don't hesitate, hesitate to call 269-337-8270. We will find you, okay? Thank you for that. And then uh, just one last question as well. Um, you know, Deputy Chief Boysen was talking a little bit about just the stolen firearms and how much of that is an issue, especially with youth. And I, I was just talking with somebody when I was on a, a car ride, talking with somebody this last weekend, and uh, we were just dis discussing like that there are more guns in the United States than there are people. Oh, and you know, when you have that many firearms in the public, I mean, they're, they're gonna be a pervasive issue for a while, yes. right? And so I just wonder, you know, if any thought has been given into like education or outreach in terms of, uh, you know, teaching people how to uh, keep firearms safely. And, uh, and then not only that, maybe even like finding the resources for people to help them keep them safe. So maybe if it's like small gun safes or, or gun locks or those sort of things to try to, um, I guess, mitigate problems from happening before they do. Thank you for that question, Commissioner Prado. And, and to your point, we have done just that. Obviously, we're just coming out of the pandemic, and we're now able to uh, begin to socialize again. And we've talked about that. Unfortunately, the supply chain has interrupted because of the pandemic. Uh, Ms. Turner has looked into buying gun locks. How do we find those? How do we, um, how do we buy them in order to educate and inform our community about gun safety? Um, Sergeant uh, Workama talked about the academy, the Citizens Academy. That, that is another topic which we talk about, gun safety. We also put those citizens into um, what we, and he talked about our, our Milo, but it's a use of force simulator, okay? It gives citizens an opportunity to stand in a law enforcement shoes to make a decision. Whatever that use of force is on the force continuum, it's not always deadly force. And that's what people go to because this piece that I'm talking to you with is the piece, this mouth of mine is the most used piece for a law enforcement officer. It's communicating with people. So we're working on those ideas, they're certainly within our reach to do. The supply chain is what's been holding us back. Cool. Thank you, Chief. Appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you, Commissioner Prado. I don't, have, Morris, yes. I don't have any questions, just comments. But to that question you asked, um, the public safety just um, partnered with um, a young leader, Alejandro Rodriguez, at Urban Alliance with Life Camps that um, touched on gun safety and you know had a couple other individuals there 
um, presenting just different types of gun locks. MT chambers is one that can rest assured that your your gun is doesn't have a uh, ammunition in the chamber, right? And so, you know, shout out to Chief Copley and the youth who were marching through Kalamazoo. There's another one coming up in August, um, but being able to partner with them and to bring that awareness for prevention purposes, right? Um, super important. And so that was a great opportunity to educate youth. You know, what, what, what do you do when you see a gun? What, what's, your, what's your reaction? You know, who do you call when you see a gun? You get an adult, right? And so that, that's shout out to Coakley and, and, and his team for partnering with organizations who are trying to educate the community, right? And so I just wanted to raise that awareness. Not just that, but um, for me in my past dealing with the police department, I really didn't like the police department in my former life, right? Um, I always mess with Dave Boyson, any, any, any foot chase or car chase I've been in never got caught, right? So that's, a, that's the truth, never got caught. And Wargama always says, well, I wasn't on the police department back then. <laughs> this is my city, what are you talking about, right? And so I give a, a shout out to the police department and the efforts that they have been putting forth to change and transform how they do policing. Since 2013, when I got involved with Matt Elzinga, who's uh, now retired, um, which made me upset because he was a really awesome individual. Me too. Um, big loss for the yes. police department. Um, hard to fill his shoes. To see where they've come from, from that point to where they're at now, is dramatic. It, it's, it's awesome, it's good. Have we arrived with policing? No. Can we get there? Yes. Under Coakley's leadership, sure, yeah, most deaf. And I think that the, the difference between past chiefs and this chief, the willingness to hear the community, to listen, and to take action is by far one of the best tools that this man has to lead the charge in the police department. So my hat's off to you guys. There's a lot of work to be done in the police department with community and policing engagement and building but I just want to commend you guys for doing the work you're doing and at the same time keep plugging away because it's a thankless job. I mean, the trauma that these police officers have to endure by answering and, and going to these calls where people have been shot, right, in, in, in the head or some of the situations and scenarios they have to see that are grotesque and they have to encounter that on a daily basis, right? So, you know, I, I pray that, the, um, that you guys really work on the mental health capacity with, with your officers, right? And finding um, the counselors and therapists for them. I, I pray that that'd be something mandatory um, for you guys uh, because again, that transfer of trauma is real. It's, 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 it's real, right? And so uh, my hat goes off. And, I, and my hopes that you guys become, because do I believe we're the best police department in the United States? Yeah, I do. Do I believe we can be better? There's no doubt about that. So hats off to you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Commissioner Juarez. Yeah, thank you very much, Commissioner Juarez. Commissioner Decker. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, thank you, Chief, to you and your team. This was a great presentation. I learned a lot today. Um, I do want to 
talk about, you know, we're reaching our youth. Um, and that's what we need to do. It was part of our priorities when we had our retreat earlier in the year going forward. Um, so I'm wondering how often are you guys reaching out within the schools themselves? We are, that has been a challenge in the past. Let me say that first. But we do have uh, Dr. Rita who is uh, given us the ability to do such that. Um, with the new administration allowing us to, to come in and interact with our youth at their youngest age, it's gonna be a game changer. It can be transformational. As Commissioner Walras just talked about the life camp that we just went to in Urban Alliance, to reach those young, young kids and to share my life about when I sat where they were many years ago, for me, gave them a spark to think about what they are gonna do when they get to my age or sooner. And you talk about interacting with our community. Our engine operators, our zone officers, where I'm going with this is that they've been given the directive to get out of those cruisers and interact on a daily basis. Ms. Turner talked about one contact at a time. I think I'm beyond that now. We were saying that, I believe, in 2017. I'm a group at a time now. We have to be intentional about getting to our youth and talking about healthy choices wherever they at, where they stand, meeting them where they're at, whether it's a park, whether it's just open street, whether we're shooting hoops with them, whether we're having a, a kickoff carnival, a three-on-three, -three, it doesn't matter. You name the place and we'll be there. So I'm excited to your question, Commissioner Decker, that we'll meet anyone where they're at. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you, Chief. Um, I did want to give a shout out to your team behind you. Um, I know I've spoken with Ms. Turner and had a few meetings and um, the bike rodeo, the summer kickoff, the three-on-three -three basketball. Uh, you're right. It, when you have the youth out there and they're interacting with the community, it's fun. I mean, the kids had a great time. I saw the smiles on the faces. They were interacting. They had questions. I would see them come up and ask. So I commend those activities because I do think that that is what's going to get the youth more comfortable and okay with asking questions and coming up and wanting to know certain things. So, so thank you guys very much. And also, I'm very excited. It was Miss Miss James um, regarding the. Let me make sure. Yes, Miss James regarding she's our new emergency preparedness um, manager. I'm excited about that because I think that is something that the city of Kalamazoo needs. And talking about just different types of emergencies, you made a couple of points that I would never have thought of. I'm like, oh, maybe I do need something like that. So I'm excited to see what kind of training and what kind of information comes out of that. Because um, again, you can, again, that can be something that can also be taken to the youth and in the schools. So thank you. Indeed. Thank you, Commissioner Decker. Thank you, Commissioner Decker. Commissioner Hess. One more really quick 
thing. Um, having participated in a few ride-alongs with officers myself, and having also participated in uh, a mini Citizens Academy, I will say that I have gained so much knowledge, I won't say wisdom, about what it is you do, and I have tremendous respect for that. Um, would I want my family to do this? Absolutely. It, it, it's the greatest calling that I could ask um, my sons to do. Do you take a 68-year-old man, though, for like my husband? Like... We don't have an age limit, so he can do the job, ma'am. <laughs> no, I, my point here is that I know you work so hard at recruiting. I know that you recruit the heart of a servant yes. and you train the job. Can you speak a little bit about your recruiting process, the ongoing recruiting process, and if somebody is so moved this evening uh, to want to just reach out and, and be an officer, um, would they call Officer Captain Giles? Getting tagged in. Can I get my slide back real quick? Shameless hiring plug right here. We just skipped over it in our presentation. We are always hiring. We are hiring our servant leaders. We are hiring if you are already police certified, if you are already a firefighter, we will take you right now. And if you are not, that is completely okay. We are hiring August 15, 2022. If you want to do this job, we will take you. We will train you how to be a police officer. We are hiring for your heart. If you want to give to this community, we will get you trained up where you need to be. When we talk about, um, we, we aim for local and we aim for diverse. We want to make sure we have a, a diverse police force, but we also want the, those that serve our community to be from our community, to be familiar with our community. My daughter, when you're saying my son's going to be there, my daughter's eight years old, and without a doubt, she is going to be a police officer. I have no doubt about that, and if she comes and works at Kalamazoo Public Safety, I will be honored. Kalamazoo Public Safety is something that we don't talk about a lot, but we have a lot of legacy officers as well. I would dare say we probably have 20 to 30 legacy officers, which means that your parent or your grandparent served for Kalamazoo Public Safety. I think that there's nothing more that stands our profession to highlight our profession when you give your sons and your daughters to our profession. That's amazing to me. I love that. So if my daughter comes and says in 15 years, I'm going to work for Kalamazoo Public Safety, girl, let me come and pin your badge on. So when we say send your kids, we will, we will take you, we will train you. Is the profession scary? Yes. As a mom, am I going to be terrified if my daughter says I want to be a police officer? Yes. But I also know of all the, the positive things this community can give us, that this profession can give us. It is an honorable profession, and I can't say enough about it. But August 15th, tell your friends, tell your family, we will take you. Thank you. Thank you, Captain Giles. I appreciate that. Any other questions from Commission Chief and his team? Very, very positive discussion. I want to ask a couple hard questions just for a moment here, if you don't mind, Chief. And uh, that is related uh, to emergency planning a bit. Uh, talking about schools, that sort of thing. We've had, uh, you know, witnessed some very recent horrific events, uh, Highland Park, uh, Uvalde uh, school system. Uh, seemed like in Uvalde there was some confusion about who was running the scene there. I mean, that seems to be pretty evident. How does our local planning, uh, you know, be prepared for those kinds of things to happen? Does that fall under emergency uh, planning? Uh, is it clear? 
uh, who would be managing the scene if something like that happens. I know one of our, you know, uh, some of our public schools are not in the city, some of them are outside of the city. Uh, just any thoughts about uh, how we continue to prepare for, for the uh, hopefully, you know, fact that it won't happen, but be prepared for those kinds of events. Thank you for that question, <clears throat> Commission, or excuse me, Mayor Anderson. What we have here in Kalamazoo, what we're fortunate about, is that we are public safety. And our command and control and span and control comes from our command. And there's some things about Uvalde that no one took control, no one took command of that scene. There were several different agencies at that location. Using our fireside hat and our command and control, we train on the minute about who's in control, who's in command of scenes. Everything we set up, we have command. And the command and control and sector command and who is doing what job and who's responsible for that. I can't get into the particulars about our operation or how we, but we are prepared for such an occasion. And working with our new uh, emergency manager, I will love to know when we can stop saying new, but what, working with Brandy, we will continue and intertwine what we've been doing, what we're prepared to do with our partners in this community, this, this county, all the agencies, how we do it and why, and, and why we do it that way. We are prepared. Any, any scene that we mitigate, there's a command and control about how, who's doing, and where we're going. There's, that's without a doubt. Any scene, you will see that. Thank you, Chief. I appreciate that. Uh, I guess just uh, wrapping this up at this point, uh, and it's just some reflections over some time and, and here today. And one thing I think that all of us are experiencing together is the ongoing challenges, for example, the availability of, of guns, uh, younger people, gun violence, uh, the challenges in the world that we live in, but also the increasing expectations and changing expectations for what a public safety department does. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the impressive things as we see here today, and, and most of the things we've been talking about have not been just purely, uh, this is what we do, uh, you know, we, we uh, a chase after a bank robber and we sit by the side of the road with a radar gun. It is amazing to me the entire breadth of the approach related to public safety that we're, that we're trying to bring to the table here. Yes. And, and that is, we have to recognize that is an increase yes. in expectation for what we imagine is the responsibility of a public safety department. That is a great, great increase. And I appreciate, I just want to caution us to remember that we're asking a lot. And I feel a very positive energy in the room related to the team that's here, related to the mission, uh, related to the passion that you bring to the mission and the heart that you bring to the mission. One of the headwinds, though, 
for you and for all of us is that there still exists a, a separation related to community and public safety. And how do we address that sense of us and them? How do we experience being community together? And I recognize that nobody in the room likes seeing some blue lights behind them and realizing that your mind drifted and you got 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. <laughs> and you are not necessarily going to be happy with the person that is reminding you that that's what you did. So there's that. But I cannot emphasize more that your team is doing everything it can to be part of community. But to be successful, we have to have community. And every day you're working to build trust. And I still see that that's an area that we need to work on. We will certainly have situations where or in less positive moments at 1.30 a.m. when most people are asleep and traumatic events occur, sometimes in those moments, community doesn't trust the work you're doing to be part of the community. Maybe information is not shared. Uh, the kinds of things that could help uh, find, uh, identify some folks who might need some significant outreach before something worse happens. How can we engage in that? There's obviously many ways we're going to engage, and, and the, every one of them is not going to be purely a criminal justice style engagement. But we need the partnership of community for this to work. And you can be here in this room, and we can be positive, and we can look at the great, great work that you're doing, but I just want to emphasize to all of us. Community, we have to play our part. And that part can sometimes include, hey, I had an interaction with you, and, and I felt something I didn't like about it. Here, here's my feedback on that. Or, hey, if you said this to me in a different way, I, I could hear it better. But to have a trusting feedback loop but feel that we're on the same page for this to be a safe, healthy place for everyone to live. So that is my request out of this meeting, is what we can do together, us, anyone that's listening, to build that community, involvement, trust, support, to support the good work of you and the entire team at KDPS. Thank you for your work, Chief. Thank you, Mayor. Mayor Jerusma. Yeah, thank you, Your Honor. And I just want to thank the City Commission for sitting through this and interacting. I think this means a lot, uh, the demonstration of support and, and the interest in, in what public safety is doing. And I know it's been said here tonight before that, you know, there's work to be done yes. and more work. But what I appreciate so much 
of the chief and his team is the passion that they show up with every day, even when things aren't going well, and in the ability to reimagine and continuously improve public safety with, with these programs that you just highlighted this evening. So um, I'm so honored that you're our chief and, and the team you have, and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Public Safety Officer Tom Mayer, um, our thoughts go out to him, prayers go out to him and his family. Um, any update, anything that um, we hope he's recovering well? The, the update that I can give is that he is off a ventilator at this time. He's breathing on his own and he's, re, uh, he's acting and collaborating with his family at this time. So that is great, great. news. Thank you. So thank you. Yeah, we certainly keep him in our thoughts, so. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, Manager Risma. Any commissioner comments at this time? Seeing none, just a reminder, thank you again, Chief, and thank you everyone here uh, who came to the chambers and everyone who works every day and every night, 365 days a year, uh, doing the best they can to keep this community safe. We do have a business meeting that starts at seven o'clock, so in about a half an hour, I think, if I can see the clock right. I uh, got a big agenda there tonight another opportunity for public comments. And so we look forward to that. We'll see you in a little bit. We're adjourned.